Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Survival Jobs, a podcast in collaboration with Broadway World. You can find full video and article on Broadway World, and our audio is streaming anywhere that you get your podcast. My name is Samantha Dawn Titzolo, and this is my superstar co-host, Jason A. Coombs. Hi, Jason. Happy episode 68 or 7. 68. <laughs> You're so funny. Where are we? <laughs> How are Happy episode today? 68. Thank you, baby. Um, yeah. How are you feeling today? Jason, I'm great. I'm feeling You're the superstar. No. No. Yeah, no. come on. No, no, no. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling very tired. I've had, you know, the last episode we spoke about, I was doing this benefit for the children's theater I grew up at. So that happened all last weekend, but I was like in rehearsals and also planning the party. And then it was just like a lot of adrenaline, a lot of people I haven't seen in a very long time. And it was amazing. Mm. We had a great night, great turnout. The theater made a ton of money. And then yesterday, Monday, April 24th, I did the carpet for the opening night of Goodnight Oscar for Broadway World, which was amazing and such a wonderful night. And it was so great to see the turnout for Sean Hayes in this play and the rest of the cast. Um, so I'm just a little tired today, but like grateful and happy and enjoying the sunshine. Love that same sun's beaming, birds are chirping today. It was birds a good day. I mean, I, but then... That's so cool that you got to do that. You got to do that, and you were like on the red carpet, looking so cute, Thank you, baby. talking to the celebs. So kudos representing to you. us, representing survival jobs always. Yes, but um, I also just wanted to acknowledge that we lost the um, iconic Carrie Belafonte uh, today. We just found that out. So I just wanted to um, maybe just share something really quick about him. Um, I know we don't have a lot of time, but, um, you know, he was a singer and actor, producer and activist who spot, who like birthed the Calypso craze in the U.S. with his music. And he blazed trails for African-American performers. And he died at the age of 96. Um, he's an award-winning Broadway performer and a versatile recording and conscious star of the 50s. And he was also like an activist. He was very good friends with Dr. Martin Luther King. And he was such an important voice in the 60s civil rights movement. So we just want to acknowledge his passing because he was just an icon. And yeah. we, um, you know, 96 is a long time to live. So that's, you know, that's a blessing. Like, what a beautiful long life. And he, he accomplished so much. Mm -hmm. But a death yeah. is always sad, you know, no matter what age. Yeah. So... Crazy and weird and so happy at times and so sad at times and crazy yeah <laughs> i was just getting like real deep and i was like okay we gotta keep yeah. this mic check moving today yeah so we were very fortunate last week to see shot yeah. uh, the new broadway musical at the nederlander theater and we had such a good time together samantha like the show was so fun so, so entertaining fun. the music is so catchy and like Yes, it's a simple show, right? I think John, our guest, talks about how it's like, you know, it's kind of like a little, like a Shakespearean type of comedy, nothing like truly groundbreaking in its like delivery. But what I really enjoyed about it was just the diversity of the cast, right? And and, and how good the music was and how you felt good leaving the theater. And I was like, and even you said it too, like, we we're ready to see it again. I was like, when are we seeing this again? I would go so... back tonight. Same, same. You was... know, I do feel like with, with um some of these shows that are out this season shocked bad cinderella like 
not all shows have to be like deep and heart wrenching. Some shows you can just go to to have a good time and like Mm -hmm. forget reality for a minute. Isn't that like the point of theater a lot of times just to like get lost in the theater, which I think you do in deep shows as well. However, there's a difference from the way that you feel when you go watch a show that's just light and fluffy and fun and you just want to have a good time. I was crying, crying. My face hurt after shucks because I was laughing so hard. The the all-star cast, like everybody is giving nine out of ten. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Screaming, screaming. Yeah, and and the show has so much heart to it. You know, it's about community. And I'll reference one more thing that John said was, like, it's funny without, like, making people feel bad. You know, there's no one being, like, picked on or bullied to -hmm. make a good joke, you know? So so that's what I really enjoyed about it. And I think everyone should get tickets to see it ASAP. And see John, see our Gordy. I think <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't have a bruise on your arm. And I know I talked about this in the episode with John, but I have this problem. You guys, when I'm laughing, I like to like hit people. And so mm. I thought every time I thought something was funny, I would like elbow Jason. Like, <laughs> Oh my God, Jason, that's so funny. I'm surprised. I was just immersed like in the world. It was, yeah. I was so entertained. Even the people next, like I was bonding with the people to my left and like at intermission. We were like, this is so freaking good (laughs) yeah yeah have fun you know and and we definitely had fun in the show so in conclusion go see shucked at the niederlander y'all um Mm. and we're so lucky we got to talk with john bellman who plays gordy in the show straight from tampa iykyk you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. um so he was an amazing guest we're so hyped for you guys to listen to this episode yeah do you want me to read his bio or did you want to? Oh, I'm sorry. Whatever you want. You want me to do it? You can do it. The world is your oyster, Jason. <laughs> no, I forgot what we said. See, I'm a- Okay, you guys. John Bellman, who plays Gordian Shucked. Past Broadway credits include Tootsie, Significant Other, and Journey's End. Some off-Broadway credits in theaters he's performed at includes The 39 Steps, Various shows with Encores, Ars Nova, Roundabout, MTC, MCC, and Civilians. Some of his film credits include Confess, Fletch, Standing Up, Falling Down, Wolf of Wall Street, Revolutionary Road. Some TV credits include The Gilded Age, Riverdale, Good Behavior, Madam Secretary, and Blue Bloods. Some video game credits include Grand Grand Theft Auto, Hearthstone and the longtime voice of World of Warcraft in his spare time, which, by the way, how does he have any? Did you just hear all of those credits? (laughs) Just kidding, he says, has two little kids, so there's no spare time. We love chatting with John, you guys. And he's like, I love Riverdale. Like the first couple seasons were like my my shiznit. So that the part (laughs) that he was on that show was so great. Me and my friend Marvin were were fangirling (laughs) this week. (laughs) Yes, Riverdale. Riverdale. I just want to be honest. Well, you should definitely watch. Sorry, John. I'll add it to my list. (laughs) I'll add it to my list and then I'll follow up with John. (laughs) Yes, there we go. Love that. Enjoy this episode, guys, and go see Shucked. Enjoy. All right. Welcome to Survivor Jobs, the podcast, John. We are so excited to have you today. Good to be here. Yes, and congrats on the success of Shut that Samantha and I saw last week. But before we jump into that, you went to Wesleyan University, right? I did. Yeah, did you? No, I didn't go there technically, but I did a summer program called CCY there. So I was there oh. for a summer in high school, where it was like a performing arts high school. So I was like chilling nice. on Foss Hill, which I'm sure you know. And like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, this is and great. Neon Belly. <laughs> yeah. And I was doing, yeah. Wow, you're like an original. Like, you know the deal. So. Wow, <laughs> I know. And I saw that. I was like, oh my gosh, I got to drop that at the beginning. But <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I sadly, this is going to directly age me, but I am going to miss, because of Shucked, my 20th college reunion. In like you know oh. a few weeks or something, but so I have some friends like old you know freshman dorm yeah. friends that are hey we're all gonna go and I can't go. 
Yeah, but like, what an iconic excuse! You're like, I can't. I'm on Broadway. Yeah, um, like, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. on Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> um, like Jason said, we had the best time at Shocked. I was mm-hmm. crying, laughing, like could not stop laughing. And thank you. I wore yellow today for you, like corn. Oh, that's good. That's you good. get it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get it. I get you it. Get I'm imagining that you're wearing green pants too to really complete the whole image, but I can't see below. But I'm just gonna you know, trust my instincts just on that keep one. Keep imagining that the pants are green. <laughs> right. Yeah. I did. I look like good. I'm a corn on the cob. Yes. <laughs> I'm a corn on the cob, you guys. Um. So we have a really fun connection with you and one of our past guests, Chad Hodge. He wrote Good Behavior, which you were reoccurring on. That's right. We love him. We love yeah, these yeah, yeah, yeah. for Chad's dad. Best. We're just <laughs> oh, making all the a... connections. Yeah, that's great. Wow. Wait, so Chad was on here. I haven't seen him in so long, probably since not long after we shot that show, which was now feels like an eternity ago. But yeah, everything <laughs> feels like an eternity ago, doesn't it? Oh, right. Right. Yeah. Chad yeah. was on here in season one, which feels like an eternity ago. So sure, he sure was. Yeah. Oh, was that's fun. great. Yeah, he was yeah. great. He's the sweetest he person. So sweet. So sweet. We just wanted to make all of our connections before we start asking you so many <laughs> questions right, about good, good. survival jobs. We have so much we want to talk to you about, but let's talk about survival jobs first. The reason we're all here. Do yeah, you have yeah. a survival job from your past that's a favorite or one that was like super fun? So the first thing that comes to mind when I think of survival jobs is when when I first moved to New York, which I've been really lucky. Let's say that up front. Like I haven't had a lot of, um, you know, like I haven't really grounded out for years and years and years in a restaurant. I didn't work any food service in New York uh, in this trip here. There was once a summer I spent in New York where I got my friend to get me a job at Dos Caminos for a single day and I trained. And then I was like, I'm not actually going to stay in New York this summer. And I bailed and I forgot about it. (laughs) Sorry, Amelia. Like um, the chips and salsa, I'm not about that life. Yeah, I learned how to make the custom guac at the table, and then I was like, "That's enough, thank you." That's all I really was here for was the knowledge. But do you still um, remember? No, I wish. And also, I'm actually allergic to avocado, so I can't even enjoy it. Oh, oh no! no. I know. Sad. Yeah, Sad. good thing you left that. Yikes. Place. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but when I got to New York, I was kind of bequeathed a survival job by an actor friend who had gone to the same grad school as I did. And she worked at the, what I believe is now defunct, New York City Opera, it, which was in the, the building where, in Lincoln Center, where the ballet oh, is, wow. in the Coke Theater. And they kind of split it with the ballet. And it was the kind of stepchild of the, you know, of the two operas that are located in Lincoln Center. (laughs) It was the not fancy one um, by comparison. And so I was a rehearsal assistant, which is kind of like in theater terms, an assistant stage manager of sorts. Mm. We did scheduling things. We just sat at a little desk and I don't know if all opera is like this, but these opera singers needed to be called individually every day with like phone and uh, email was not sufficient to t- be told their precise schedule. So we what just year was spending... this? <laughs> this was 2007, oh six, something God. like that. I know, I know, I know. Can't we just I send one like... email blast with like a PDF schedule attached? That's what you would think. And maybe right. that's different. I don't know if it was like a union thing. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. But I was just like, <laughs> I'm here for my checks and this is an easy job. So I'm going to do it. Um, and we would call all these opera singers and then go around the rehearsal rooms and kind of sneak in and like post the schedule on the wall. And uh, there was like a morning shift and an afternoon shift. And really it was great because it was just flexible. And I worked with two other actors who had gone to school with me who were both these like, you know, starting like attractive young women, but the entire office was every man that worked there was gay and they were all men. So it was like just an Makes office. Sense. It's of, a tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I had the opposite experience of what they would normally have. And I was like the cute girl in the office. So I kind of like, like I, I'm going to leave early today to go to this audition. And it was it was a great, you know, I didn't need to take advantage of anyone. But it was a survival job in that way. Yeah, use what you got. Office. Cute girl in yeah. the office is a great title for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> cute girl, yeah. Good, good. Um, but yeah, it didn't pay hardly enough, but it was a nice thing. And, uh, 
And I did it for basically that whole, like, it was really only three or four months that, you know, that's about as long as I could live on that job. But it was wow. nice to have. Yeah, R.I.P. New York City Opera. R.I.P. Hmm. Well, let's flip it and reverse it. Do you have like a worse survival job story? Something that just like makes your stomach turn when you think back to it? Oh, <laughs> so like after that, I never had a regular survival job because I booked a show like my first Broadway show not long after that, which was great. Yes. And I was like, oh, this world is going to be so easy. Turns out that's not the case. I struggled a lot after that, but um <laughs> But after I had booked that show, I was like, I'm not going to do another job job. Uh, but I would just pick up, you know, if, if there was an opportunity to like, make some money, I would do it. And there'd be, in less than having a survival job, I learned to live a survival lifestyle and just would Ooh. like lock it down. And just, if I knew I didn't have anything coming in, I would, I would turn into a little hermit person and, you know, bring my own booze to the bar kind of like sneak the flask <laughs> kind of thing or like just do whatever I could yeah. to kind of continue my lifestyle, but in a, in a cheaper On a way. Budget. <laughs> because I just had no money for so long. I've grown used to that, um, which is an excellent skill as a parent. But <laughs> I, the, the darkest hour I think I finally had, it was, I was about to start something, but I was running out of money and I just needed something. And you know, last second, what can you get? And I signed up to be part of a, like a, a medical trial. Research? Yeah, like a research trial at oh Columbia. <laughs> I know. But, but this is the thing. So they, it was a terribly asinine. All those things are so dull because they just have to, you know, it's a medical trial. So they're not designed to be very exciting. But they had to train you on the task that you had to do. And you were paid for the training as well as for the study. And I knew I wasn't going to do the study, <laughs> but I did the training for like a couple of weeks or however long it was and, and took my checks and had to, but even that was so menial. It was the kind of, I think they were testing the effects of some, I think it was booze, but maybe some drug. You were, I, we didn't take any of it. It was all placebo at the time, but you had to drink a little cup with, like a very, very, very strong peppermint flavor because oh. that was apparently the only flavor that could hide any other flavor. And so you drink this little peppermint flavored cup, not knowing if it's laced with something or <laughs> oh, totally just God. weird peppermint drink. And then you have to do the <laughs> dumbest like computer data entry. Like there's a seven on the screen. So press the number seven or complete the sequence four, five, six and it's just the most mind-numbing tasks but oh. eventually your abilities get impaired i guess is the idea <laughs> yeah um, and then you have an aftertaste of peppermint yeah well, that was my like meth <laughs> <laughs> well you know maybe they did in the study i just uh i never got you there, just so. like signed off you're like i'll do anything for the check today yeah Thank you. yeah yeah so i did oh that for gosh. like you know a week or however long it was and then i was like i'm starting my job i'm out yeah <laughs> So not not an honorable way to go, but uh, probably you gotta the do what you gotta do. You many years ago, thankfully. It's a capitalist country. You gotta look yeah. out for yourself. Know. Yeah, <laughs> survival yeah. lifestyle. I love that, and that's exactly what what that is. Yeah. Um, okay, so you you got very lucky. We only had a handful of survival jobs because you got great performance jobs. Right. Do you remember the point in your life when you were a kid and you were like, I'm going to be a performer. Do you know how old you were? And was your like first dream Broadway or were you like, I want to be a movie star? No, like it, I, so I started doing plays in high school as I think a lot of people do. And yes. I didn't, you know, and I did it all through school and really loved it. It was like my sophomore year of high school. And I did a lot of stuff. I always in school was participating in a lot of activities and clubs and sports and whatever. And, uh, and I was a nerdy kid. So being my friend, Matt convinced whose older brother had been in the theater department, convinced me and my friend, Michael to audition for Romeo and Juliet. And Matt never showed up. Michael and I did. We were in the play and we were like, this is great. There's like girls around. We're like part of something. We feel like, like cool, but like, we're not cool because we're part of the theater club, but we're, we feel cooler than we did in a certain way. And, and then I just kind of stuck with it. And so it wasn't really though, until 
I was graduating college, which I majored in government and French. Wow. I was not a uh, at Wesleyan, as we discussed. Yes. I don't know if we were recording that or not, but I guess we were. Yeah, um, that was, yeah. So we're bringing it back. Right, <laughs> uh, so uh, I didn't know what I was going to do when I was graduating. And I, again, did theater all through school, um, but didn't really know that that was a thing that like a professional actor was not something that was on my radar and my parents and my family, everyone, my dad's a lawyer. My mom was mostly a mom. Everyone in my family has uh, like what I would call Fisher price jobs, things that are really easy <laughs> to understand for a, a toddler, you know, yeah. businessman, fireman, police officer, doctor, you know, like all these just regular jobs. And so I didn't really know anyone that was uh, an actor. And then someone in my, I'd done a play with just kind of assumed that I was going to be an actor and started asking me about what that was like after school and like was I going to go to grad school or and I didn't really know that, that was a thing and oh that was when I started I was like oh maybe is it you can do that you can like become an actor and not be the son of a famous person or related <laughs> to somebody that's already got it going on like that normal people can do that and then I applied to graduate school at the very end of my senior year of college. Like I sent in every single application overnight express mail, paying way too much money for it. You got money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like, I was like, dad, can I have $200? What for? <laughs> Nothing. Don't worry about it. And, uh, and then finally like auditioned for all these schools kind of on a whim. I just called a friend of mine who had, a, who went to an undergrad program that was geared toward school and, I was like, what are the good ones? And just applied blindly and, and got into a couple of places. And thank God I did. And I went to school in Denver. And that was when I finally was like, oh, okay. There are regular people around here. We're at the Denver Center. There's like working actors. For the first time I was around them. And that's when I was realizing, oh, this is possible. This is a thing that people live normal lives and do. So, yeah. but yeah, no, like I always assumed I would be on stage because that was all I had ever done. I didn't yeah. think it was a... I never thought I would be on Broadway. I never thought I would do musicals. Oh, um, really? Oh, no, not at all. No, no, no. I mean, I did it in high school, but... You're such a great singer, though. Yeah. <laughs> just, well, <laughs> thanks. I tricked you yet again. <laughs> yeah. Especially when we go to Tampa. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was so funny. Uh, <laughs> you guys guys got to see Shock to get the inside jokes about yeah. Tampa. Sorry. Well. <laughs> yeah. code for all of you people that did not get shocked. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, I have a two-parter for you, for you, John. Okay. Speaking of Shocked, it had yeah. its world premiere at the Pioneer Memorial Theater in Salt Lake City, Utah. Yep. What was that experience like performing in a show that's in a community that's so different from New York City? And I'll ask it, the other question after. <laughs> okay, great. It was, uh, we weren't sure how it was going to go. Uh, yeah. And, you know, Shocked is not particularly you know, it doesn't wear its, it's like politics on its sleeve. It's not like a heavy like issue show or something. So it wasn't like a controversial show in that way, but it was, you know, there's a lot of jokes. It's really great for a New York crowd. And we just didn't know how it was going to play in, in Salt Lake City. And I think it was actually great because uh, first of all, the audiences there were really appreciative of having something new, which was cool. And the theater had a lot of people that were interested in having, you know, seeing something cool and new and fresh and uh but i think that it was like just racy enough to not to be enjoyable to like now i, I it's okay yeah. it's okay that yeah, i'm laughing yeah. at this right <laughs> and i think that they were a little shocked at times but by the end of the show always were with us and never could quite you know yeah, we weren't sure what they were going to be like, but they always came around in the end. And so it actually ended up being really great. And like, oh, oh this is beyond New York. This has got a really great life to it. And even amongst these people that are mostly conservative, you know, a lot of Mormons and, and also a lot of, there's a, a really strong, like, I don't know if it's counterculture exactly, but like the opposite of whatever conservative Mormonism is out in yeah. Lake City. There's a lot of, you know, liberal theater artsy people especially in kind of downtown where we were so and we're on yeah. a college campus so we got some college kids and the greatest show we okay. ever had there was a high school matinee which they went 
wild. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> like being in a rock concert. Like when people would I'm kiss sure. and when people would, you know, say swears and things like that. Yeah. It was, Oh. Or the the kidney stone joke that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was laughing for like twenty minutes. You probably remember. You probably heard like the the big black man laughing at the last Wednesday show. Oh, that's when you were there. I see. Oh, yeah, I yeah. Who was laughing? Oh, I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> I don't want to say it on on air to ruin it, but it's... yeah. <laughs> I don't remember oh the joke. Oh, I'll tell you after. I don't want to ruin oh, yeah. it for our audiences because you, know, yeah. you got to see it, and then they'll laugh for twenty minutes after too. I okay. <laughs> Were there any major changes story-wise compared to Utah versus Broadway? Uh, story-wise, I mean, generally, no. But we did do, like, the top of Act 2 changed. The, the beginnings and ends of all the acts changed a lot. Mm. Like, the meat in the middle, like, the basic arc of the story. Because the story is not ultimately that complicated. It's like a Shakespeare comedy in the yeah. way that, you know... There's some stuff that gets mistaken. Some people don't like each other who end up liking each other. There's some, you know, this and that. It's not designed. Wedding. Exactly. There's, you know, it's not designed to be who done it. Oh, can you figure out this Agatha Christie mystery? <laughs> it's, it's not that kind of show. But um, so it's really about relationships and enjoying the ride and the jokes along the way and kind of moving the story from point A to point B. And so the opening number changed. The song was the same, but they reworked it and built it out into a it was a much more kind of casual entry into the show a little more offhand a little more informal it wasn't quite as choreographed and as kind of you know gets a little broadway -y and a little dancey which i think people needed to to realize what world we're in how because i think it took some time to be like is this serious is this silly is this what's going on here <laughs> the end of yeah. act one changed a lot it didn't used to be quite as uh, music manny um as it music is now. yeah I, I was thinking that your character music manic music very yeah. hill right <laughs> yeah uh and the top of act two changed up until even in new york like three days before we opened or like you know oh, wow. so it had my favorite bit that i did in the entire show was in the former version of that number that many of our preview audiences got to see, uh, but now has gone, in which I spent the entirety of that opening number of Act Two slowly pushing a rock across the stage the entire length of the song. <laughs> uh, but, and then it went away because it's just, oh, it's no. the other thing made a little better sense. So, <laughs> you you sacrifice for story, you know, I miss it. The rock moment. Yeah. It, it, it led it. to my favorite piece of which I don't get a lot of fan mail, which is a, a woman sent me a little tombstone for the bit. It had, you know, she drew a little picture of me pushing the rock and said, RIP with the dates on it that it lived. Oh um, and I was so touched. I so nice. felt so seen, you know, she saw the show twice, once with it, once without it and felt so sad about it that she felt compelled to share me. Oh, this, wow. you know, that is so stone. sweet it's darling it's on my dressing stand still so um hello listeners john just said he doesn't get a lot of fan mail so let's go <laughs> send yeah. it on over yeah what please what theater is this i almost said the, the, the niederlander theater the niederlander yes. obviously Duh. 208 west 41st yes attention to john bellman thank you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've talked uh, so much this episode about how hysterical the show is how we were crying laughing why do you think audiences are really loving this and and i know there's been like repeat customers coming back and what do you think it is about shucked that's making people scream loving laughing all of it i think that it's uh first of all that's i think what people want now like i know it's what i want i know it's it's an easy show to go to it's an easy show to go to with mixed company with family with out-of-towners with you know different ages different groups it's, it's really goes down easy and it's funny without being mean uh exactly, which i think is yeah. really you know <laughs> novel these days like it has a lot of heart in it and it shows yeah. its heart uh and so i think that going into something with low or no expectations um people end up coming out having such a great time because they didn't realize maybe how good it felt to sit in a room with people which is already you know not that 
uh, prevalent in our lives these days anymore, but to be right. in a room with people and kind of share the joint exhalation of breath at this like funny thing that happened and the kind of community experience that creates for people. I think it's a really uh, addictive um, thing that uh, that's why I think why we've had a lot of repeat customers because, you know, if you think about, uh, for me at least, the movies in my life or the shows in my life that I can watch again and again and again, it's not, you know, like there are movies that I, like I love Requiem for a Dream, but I'm not going to watch <laughs> that more than, you know, once, maybe twice. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's a hard pill to swallow. Heavy. Yeah. Joke intended, but. Uh, yeah, not watching Schindler's List every weekend. Yeah, exactly. Oh but, but like, you know, it's why we all put on reruns of the office for forever or like I could watch Groundhog Day every single day of my life because it's funny and heartfelt and charming yeah. and you know it's and that's the kind of show that we have which I think uh we were overdue for but and it's new it's original uh, it's you know it's not based on anything other than yeah. people that wanted to have a good time yeah yeah so fun I guess without this is my question or yours, Samantha? You. I think I'm taking <laughs> yeah. your questions. Sorry. No, no, we got a little flip I'm happy. Without, today. yeah, no, without any major spoilers, you have a favorite part of the show that you look forward to every night? Oh, it kind of changes a little bit based on the type of audience we have because different crowds are into different kinds of, you know, different kinds of humor. But uh, one of my first best barometers in the show is my my kind of only scene alone with Andrew Durand with Bo oh yeah where oh, God, it's so you know it's just a book scene there's no music in it there's no anything but it's it's a place to really feel like what the crowd is like and really get to you know act in the scene with Andrew who I think is so funny and so great so um, I mean I really love everyone they're like we're all but that's like the first moment in the show or one of the first moments that I get to really feel the crowd and like understand what's happening because I make a late entrance so I don't get the same kind of, <laughs> you know, navigation of the whole thing. But but that's yeah, one of my yeah. favorite moments. And and then also the the big uh, bar scene at the end. Oh, my God. Where we so all like, right, spoiler alert, get a little drunk. <laughs> and have okay. a little drunk scene it's, it's always really fun to do so. i loved that scene i also I loved that big dance number with the wine barrels yeah yeah that yeah, was samantha's cool. favorite part i was screaming yeah. about it I, I i kept like elbowing jason the whole show during that number i was like oh my god i love this part. yeah yeah so great shout out <laughs> to sarah glebe our amazing choreographer who like made shout that out. thing you know, we've gone through so many iterations of that thing too, and they've done all kinds of other cool barrel tricks that make it in for a little while and then go away. And I don't know, it's it's great though. I watch that number every night too because I'm I'm about to enter anyway, but I come down a little early just so I can see yeah. The, yeah. the magic. See but, the magic. We yeah. love the magic. This has been so great chatting with you. We have a couple of more questions, and then great. I don't know if you got the heads up, but we always end each episode with a really fun game. Okay. So I hope you're ready to play. Ready. Ready to play. <laughs> so we really enjoyed the show, obviously. We've been, I feel like, screaming about that this whole episode. But we also really enjoyed how diverse and well-rounded the cast was. Um, what do you think Broadway can continue to do to continue to keep the diversity in casts and spaces where it's not always just, like, in your face? Like we're not needing to talk about why this is diverse. It just is because that is life yeah. in any sort of space. So what, what do you think we can continue to do to keep that going? I mean, I think that something that our show does really well is that, and I, I, it's really a testament to the creators of the show is that really these parts, any of them can be played by anyone. There's no yeah. descriptor of people other than, you know, personality types or someone thinks someone is stubborn or handsome or funny or, you know, and those things are traits that can be attributed to any kind of person, any gender, any age, any anything. And so I think that having uh, roles like that exist and encouraging the development of that stuff is great. And then taking the opportunities when there is a chance for anyone could do this to put someone in there that maybe doesn't always get the chance to like actually, you know, have casting directors like Stephen Copel right, who yeah. cast our show that can 
think, oh, you know, actually, there's nothing that says this can't be this person. So let's put up this wonderful person that we know is so great and would crush this role. And so I think that more of that and uh, maybe and like more original stuff, I think, helps Please. with that because yeah. it allows you to start from the base of we're creating this show. We're deciding what the world of this thing is, not reinterpreting something maybe that someone has a preconceived notion about that there's going to be some conflict about well he shouldn't be doing that or she shouldn't be in that show or mm. they're not supposed to play that part that you'd make something from the ground up and you just tell people this is what it is and they will believe it so i think that helps too but hopefully more original and more uh more just just broad you know Snaps. people as people Snaps uh, again. People as yeah. people. Yeah. I like that. I can't, I, if Shucked is blessed to run for a long time or have tours and do all that stuff, I can't wait to see who ends up in the show because it really could be anybody. And yeah. like, it's not going to be, I don't think, just a, a cookie cutter of me that is the next person who plays Gordy or vice versa for all the other parts. Cause you really can just, you know, and like, especially if it goes to schools or to regional theaters, like literally anybody can do this. You could yeah. cast it all with octogenarians and it would be fine. Like, <laughs> totally. Gordy has to be like a hot octogenarian, I guess. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. Like a like a male Rue McClanahan, but you know. I love, I love the name Gordy also. Yeah. Yeah. I somebody I was like, we're having Gordy on our show. Gordy. <laughs> yeah. Gordy. Yeah, the sexiest name around. Gordy. <laughs> Iconic. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, well, last question before the really fun game. Really yeah. fun. I must say that the first <laughs> few seasons of Riverdale, I am like a not so guilty. This is a not so guilty guilty pleasure of mine, and yeah. my friend Marvin, he like loves it as well. Um, and you were recurring on that show as FBI agent Adams, giving yes. Archie lots of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so that's super cool. But do you have a um? A kind of art outside or of shock that's really feeding your soul artistically like another show or another another movie like something that i'm book. like taking in you mean yeah yeah recently. i mean i so i i feel like first of all i have two little kids i don't get to watch nearly as much like late how night old are TV. they i have a two and a half year old and a 10 month old Oh my wow, you've been yeah, busy. Yeah, yeah, busy, busy. So I, busy. the ten-month-old is at the doctor with my wife right now, and the two and a half-year-old is in daycare. So I, you know, have the house to myself for yes. a, the briefest of moments. But yeah, wow, um, you're less tired than I do. Like, congrats. Yeah, right. <laughs> I just yeah. have me. I'm like, yeah. hello. Well, it's uh, I've been up for four and a half hours, so it's, it helps. <laughs> but um, so yeah, but I, I mean. I have to pick shows that uh, if I, if my wife and I can watch together or, and I have my own shows, but the one that I watched on my own recently when she was out of town during tech was I ripped through uh, the last of us, which is not a novel thing to say, but yeah. it's such uh, the thing that I loved about that show is how, in addition to just being really smart and really, um, you know, I didn't play the video game that it's based on at all. I didn't really mm -hmm. know anything about it, but, uh, the the way the story is told and the way they let actors act is so yes. great. The people in that show, so many of them just appear in a single episode. And like there's a woman, I, for anyone who's seen the show, there's a, I, I, wherever they, maybe it's it's Indonesia where they first discover. Oh, in the second episode? Yes, yeah, yeah. And the, oh, the woman who's like the professor, the head of, you know, mm -hmm. And she is there. CDC, I, right? Like, yeah, so yeah. amazing. Like, and has a nut, like, you know, has three scenes maybe, and and carries the weight of the entire uh, stakes of the show on her face for just a second. And we understand that this is a nasty, global, serious, irreparable problem by just yeah. the way that she answers a question with someone, and then we never see her again. Yeah, and like that's that's brilliant stuff. And then so many other actors that like we all know that are come in and out of the thing but that thing really was like oh we make great tv still and there's really oh. great places for people to to trust performances and like still tell great stories without like overworking plot or over you know just relying on tricks and stuff so yeah that was a that was a nice show for me love that I need to and then everything that. else that i'll catch up on sometime <laughs> when you know whenever we yeah. go out of town again but <laughs> No. I'm behind on that one. You guys were just talking and I was like, mm-hmm. 
it's well it's only like nine episodes too that's why it's manageable i was like okay i can yeah i can pull this one off all yeah going. i reckon i recommend beef if you haven't oh i seen. yes yes i know i I, I was about to start it but my wife didn't want to watch it and i was like okay oh really yeah oh, i think she wasn't like feeling it. it that night which is fine yeah that means i get to watch it and i heard yes well, you need to text me what you think about it because I watched it and I'm embarrassed to say I haven't done this since the beginning of the pandemic. I watched it all in one night on yeah. a Friday night. I was just yeah. 12 half an hour episodes. I was watching yes. from like seven o'clock to two yeah. o'clock in the morning. That's the way. Listen, that is the way because then you just get it all out of the way and you don't have to think about it. I know. And those it's little true. half hour episodes are like, it's like those books with yeah. chapters that are about six pages long. You're like, I can do one more. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. yeah, and then it's 2 a.m. and you're like, uh-oh. Uh-oh, I just <laughs> read the old I just Da Vinci do? Code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, I read that book in like two days. I know, that's what day. I mean. That was the one yeah. that was like, yeah, these chapters are so little. I'll just, well, yeah. I, I'll just, it's okay, right? It's it's five, man. It's, it's five, yeah, going. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, eyes are bloodshot red, you're like tearing yeah, yeah. up. Like, yeah, yeah. So good. Iconic. <laughs> this was so okay. much fun. You're amazing to talk to. I feel oh. like we just started talking, and I know, right? It's great conversation. I, right. I want to go. Why don't we have more questions, Sam? <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Listen, like, I didn't. No. Make, hey, you made this document. Sure. You yeah. did John's like, no, I got like a half an hour of alone time. <laughs> That's um, right. Let me get out of here. <laughs> no, yeah. so, so we'll make no. the game really fun and really quick, and then we'll okay, great, up. great. I don't so know anything about to... this game, so yeah, it's it's a little uh, true or false game. It's a little, a little corny. Trivia. It's a it's little, little corny, corny game. Sure. <laughs> I was trying to think of a good name for it, and the name I have so far, maybe you have something better for us. It's pop culture corn. Ooh, okay. <laughs> okay. Sure. Try. I tried my best. <laughs> yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Anyway, we're gonna tell you uh, some stuff about some, you know, books or maybe some songs or some movies that all has to do with corn. You tell us okay. if it's true or false. Okay. This is. <laughs> you have a 50-50 chance. Everything's yeah. true or false. Okay. And there's great. a bonus at the end too, so don't worry. We love great. a bonus. Great. <laughs> okay. First question: True or false? The 2021 Net Netflix movie Corn has a synopsis that goes like this. Stranded in a rural area, two teens make friends with locals on Halloween, but soon run into a cult called Corn. Collective order of recreational necro Jason. What is that word? Necrophilanthropists. Thank you. <laughs> that have chosen this area to perform human taxidermy. A field of screams. You can never leave. I by pure detail alone, I'm gonna say true. That's gotta be true. It's true. That's crazy. Correct. And thank you for helping me. I'm That's actually what Chuck is based on. I was lying about it being a <laughs> uh, Well, here we go. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. It's on Netflix, so after beef, you know. Right. After well, you would recommend it to me, I'm sure. Huh. <laughs> if you liked beef, you'll love corn. It's just a full dinner. <laughs> Followed by cake. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, next one is Corn is King, that's the title, is a 2007 documentary film released in October 2007 that follows college friends Ian Chaney and Curtis Ellis as they move from Boston to Green, Iowa to grow at a farm, grow and farm an acre of corn, true or false? Corn is King. Corn is King, uh, I'm gonna say true again. Oh, that one actually is false. It's actually called Corn King. <laughs> oh, okay, well. So, I mean, it's. I'll give you half. I'll give you half for that. Yeah, that's yeah. a half point. <laughs> Congrats. A half point in the half game point. where there's only two choices. <laughs> a half point for that. This one. is a very generous game. I'm glad there's no money at stake. But... <laughs> okay, next one. EGOT winner Whoopi Goldberg won her first Tony Award, won her Tony Award for playing the lead Miss Moffat in the 1983 Broadway revival play of The Corn is Green. I don't think she did because like, we looked up The Corn is Green because the original production of The Corn is Green was in The Corn is Green was in the Nederlander Theater. It was called something wow. else at the time. But I was no, I literally sir. was Googling playbills for the corn is green because I wanted to get one printed for the the green room. Um, ah. 
But uh, I can't remember who the original star was, but Whoopi was not in that, I don't think. So I'm going to say Correct. That. You're correct. It starred Cicely Tyson and Peter Gallagher, but yes. it only ran for 32 performances, mm. which is my age. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. You're welcome. <laughs> no problem. Happy to be here. <laughs> okay. The voice star, Blake Shelton, released a song entitled Corn from his 2021 album, Corn. True or false? <laughs> I'm gonna say true. No, wait, true. is that really? Oh, corn in the truck, corn in the field, corn in the bottom of the moonshine steel. I heard yeah. him singing a song about corn on Instagram the other day because our Shucked account shared it, but I didn't know about the album is called Corn. Come on, Blake. I mean, I'm approved, but like. I was Googling. I was like, I listened to it. I was like, this is wild at three o'clock this morning. Wow. <laughs> corn oh from God. corn. <laughs> okay, Blake. Gotta love Blake. Tracks, Blake. Okay, one more and then a bonus. Okay. As of March 2023, there are 11 Children of the Corn films. <laughs> is that? No, I'm going to say false. Because that can't. It's true. 11? <laughs> What are you talking? Listen, I'm just reading the document. Jason, aren't did these it. kids grown up by now? <laughs> Are they adults of the corn? I guess the adults of the corn have kids of the corn. Who yeah, have really kids of the corn? I don't know. Yeah, generations. Maybe they're of the living. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. You got a half okay. point on the other one, and you can redeem yourself with the bonus. Don't be stressed. Yeah, I guess. And this one is not true or false, so you just have to know. Hope you've been paying attention, John. Okay. Which legendary country diva stopped by backstage to visit the cast of Shocked after another amazing performance recently? Was it Reba McIntyre? <laughs> oh, yeah. Ding, ding. Yeah. Correct. That's right. Jason uh, said, I hope you've been paying attention, John. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Reba, star of one of the first Broadway shows I ever saw. Oh, my gosh. Wait, yeah, which I, one? Annie, get your gun. I saw her in Annie Get Your Gun oh, in like yeah. 2000 or something like that. But yeah, I wow. was here for a summer and that was one of the shows that I crammed in. Wow. In the Marquee Theater that I went on to work in in Tootsie. Amazing. Yes. Look at yeah. that. It's full circle I didn't, moment. I didn't get to tell Reba all that. But... You should have. She excuse seems so me, Reba, nice. Can I was so a nice. Of your time? <laughs> yeah, excuse me, Reba. I tell um, you, I was in Tootsie at this theater, which I saw. You know, yeah. You would have loved it. Yeah, just watch this podcast interview and then wait to the end and then you'll, yeah. you'll get it. Yeah. yeah. And then maybe she she wants to be a guest, too. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We stand, Reba. Yeah. All right. John, thank you so much for uh, being thanks, here today. Thanks, y'all. Hey, for all so the much laughs. Fun. Yeah. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks for, for spreading the <laughs> shucked gospel. So We had a great Ooh, time. We appreciate we it. A, we had a great time. I have my little shucked cup that I got my uh, box of soda in. And, you know, she did, yeah. I will savor that. Yeah, good. Can you give us the little secret of, like, what is the corn smell? Like, how are we getting the theater to smell like corn? Or was I, like, making it up? I think you were imagining that, I think. Jason, the theater no, we, smelled like corn, Even right? the people next to us were like, it smells like really? corn in here. Maybe, I don't <laughs> know what kind of concession fact? food they sell. Maybe they sell popcorn? Maybe they make popcorn? Oh, maybe it was. We didn't go to the, was there? I didn't, I don't know. No. I know there were drinks, but I didn't see there the. definitely are drinks. I feel like I would have heard a lot of popcorn crunching during the show. <laughs> right. if I, there was popcorn being sold, but. John, can you ask somebody and get back to us? Yeah. Like, now I'm really concerned that there's something wrong. Yeah. No, it was the people next to us like too. Corn. We're like, yeah, right. it smells like, it smells like popcorn in here. We're like, having a corn induced like stroke. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Jeez, it was so scary. Yeah. John, where, where can people find you on social media if they're not fans of you yet and they became fans of you during this interview? Oh, they can find me everywhere with at John Bellman. It's just my name, J-O-H-N-B-E-H-L-M-A-N-N. -N. Mostly on Instagram, but it's on some of the other things that I don't do quite as often, but Instagram is, is my main jam. So, and you a TikToker? Uh, no, I mean, I have a TikTok, but I did very briefly go viral with a, a, a video of my, my parents' Christmas decorations couple of years ago on one of oh, my wow. only TikToks ever, but they have we'll two 25 foot it. inflatable soldiers that uh, I have like nutcracker? inflating. Like nutcracker soldiers, yeah. Just like wow. <laughs> yeah, they got them off a, a car dealer my mom bought them used and they used them at their house still. So like no she did 
<laughs> yeah, she did. I mean, so. That's iconic. Where's yeah. your where, where's your your childhood okay. home? Like what's in, in Texas, in Texas. Houston. Yeah. Jason wow. and I worked a survival job together at a Tex-Mex restaurant. Oh, love a Tex-Mex restaurant. If so, then you got to go to Javelina. <laughs> oh yeah, I've been to Javelina. Oh my gosh, maybe you were there. I mean, we were there pre-pandemic. We haven't right. been there since uh, yeah. you know, 2019. So. All right. We're, we're passing that queso and that guac. We don't eat guac, so, but yeah, everything Do else. not give him the guac. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Can't get him sick. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yes, okay. And if you are a John fan and you're tuning into us for the first time, follow us at Survival Jobs Pod on Instagram and Twitter, on Facebook at Survival Jobs A Podcast. Shoot us an email at survivaljobspod at gmail.com. You can follow my boy Jason at Jason A. Coombs and me at Sammy Toots. Not to be confused with the musical Tootsie that John was <laughs> right. Just Toots, not Just Tootsie. Toots. Yeah. <laughs> my last name is Tootsalo. Oh, I see. People call me Toots, Tootsie. Right. right. Yeah. We're basically like the same. You were in Tootsie. I am Tootsie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. yeah. Yeah, we got all it. got shocked. We are all completely shocked. That's right. We're all totally shocked. So we're the same. <laughs> awesome. And right. I think you thank did a great job on the game. I know we didn't address that yet, but oh, I think yeah. you did a great job. Oh, thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. Appreciate it. 100. Got the bonus, right? So oh, great. Great. <laughs> we'll get an invite to the season three premiere of Survival Jobs, a podcast. No idea when that is. Terrific. Terrific. Can't wait. Got it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank, thank you. you. This was so much fun. All right. Thanks, y'all. Have a great, great show today. Thank you. <laughs> bye. All right. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.